With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Base Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, Zach and George are here. We're, all three of us are on tonight. Uh, you can follow Zach on Twitter at RavZ. You can follow George on Twitter at jmontez 90 Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, man. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, doing pretty good. All right. Short, short little... <laughs> <laughs> those were short little uh let's get to the point type of things all right we'll move forward then uh what we're gonna cover tonight is the uh second chance drafts nfbc put on for those who don't know they put on these drafts over memorial day weekend so we're we're a little behind on reviewing them but nonetheless we're gonna be looking at some of the adp changes and you know see some risers and fallers we're gonna focus mostly on the top 100 and then beyond that we're gonna kind of just point out some names that have really fallen or are still too low for us kind of go from there all right so uh let's do it we're gonna go we're gonna treat like it's a 12 team draft these are 15 teamers usually but we're gonna treat like a 12 team draft and go through 12 picks at a time until we hit about the top 100 and see how we feel from there sound good yeah sounds good yep. perfect perfect so let's start right at the top you know what i know i should probably had you prep for this uh, george but I almost want to hear your top 12 because right now, one, two, we'll start with the top two with Trout and Yelich. That's how, that's the order me and Zach had them. Would you agree with that? One, two, Trout, Yelich? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I'd only put Yelich over Bellinger because of the speed component. Uh, I know Bellinger's been running too, but uh, I, I think um, Yelich at the end of the year, he's going to have more steals. So, real yeah, question is about three and four. Yeah, and the more I see that, the more the crazier it doesn't sound anymore. Like I'm not the Bellinger guy, and I've I honestly since we've had our discussion about the, our top twelves, Bellinger moved ahead of uh, Bregman for me. But to see Bellinger move bets, I'm not totally against it. I don't know what to really think. I mean, the sad thing is, is bets would have been number three for me hands down because of the speed. But Bellinger is stealing more this year, and he has a higher ceiling with power. I'm not opposed to this. I think I would still have bets three, if, but it's not It's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we've seen some real skill growth from Bellinger um, that I, I'm buying into. But as far as over bets, right, I – I think I'm still. I think I still want. Uh, I'm in the bets camp there. I might have him three ahead of Bellinger, <clears throat> especially after the news that he will be leading off for the rest of the season. So, um, you know, it could be more opportunities to run. Yeah. How do you feel about? That? I know you're a big Bellinger guy, Zach. Uh, do you, are you ready to put Bellinger ahead of bets? Because for us, like again, this was like two weeks ago. It was Trout 1, Yelch 2, Betts 3 for us, pretty much consensus. consensus. Yeah. And- I'm still probably leaning Betts at number 3 just because mostly of his track record. I mean, obviously, Belger off to a great start, and I think he's going to – I think he can sustain a lot of these numbers right now, but I just want to see him do it for a full season, um, and I'll really be a true believer in these numbers. But uh, I've seen Betts do it. He's put up MVP seasons before. I think Betts has got the safer floor at number three, and I'd probably still take Betts over Bellinger at this point. But Bellinger is definitely my number four guy over Bregman, Arenado, any of those types of guys. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to put Bre- Bellinger there too. I'm starting to see a top four. I almost think it's like a Trout Yelich one two. Like Yelich has moved himself into that Trout tier almost. 
and or, or um, I'm ready to put them in that tier. I'm ready to say those that's like a separate tier. Then Bellinger and Betts or make their own tier. It's like a one A one B tier, and then yeah. then then there's like one C because the next we're gonna I'm gonna rattle through the next four through twelve pretty much. Uh, sorry, five through twelve because I think it's a it's one of those throw the names in a hat, pick one out, and you're not wrong to go there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just a quick recap. The ADP has Trout one, Yelich two, Bellinger three, Mookie Betts four. Um, five is Nolan Arenado. Six is uh, Ronald Cunha. Seven is Francisco Lindor. Eight, Justin Turner. Nine, Trey Turner. Or Justin Turner. Verlander. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, eight is Justin Verlander. If Turner was going eight, I'd freak out. Uh, Justin Turner. If, uh, nine is Trey Turner. Ten, Mondesi. Ugh. Ugh. Eleven, Story. And twelve, Alex Bregman. Out of all those guys, five through twelve, anything really stand out? Beside, we'll get to Mondesi, but other than, <laughs> other than other than Mondesi, it really would be preference for you guys, right? I mean, for me, my number five right now, looking at this list, I think I think it was, and I still have it. I had Lindor there. Uh, I would still have Lindor there, and and look, he's at five, he's, he's at seven, and it's the one person I wouldn't. T- I, I would still take a hitter. I think Verlander is at the right spot. I think I think he's at the right spot. I really do think there. I think for me, Lindor, Arenado, and Acuna belong in front of Verlander, and then Trey Turner behind. I, th- I feel like Verlander's in that perfect spot for the first pitcher off the board, and then after that, it's kind of another pick your poison. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it looks pretty good. Um, kind of, we discussed our top twelves last week, uh, me and Mike. And uh, very very similar. I mean, I have Verlander as my number one pitcher. I think you had Scherzer. We kind of differed on that, but this is showing that Verzer, uh, Verzer. <laughs> <laughs> this is showing that Verlander is the number one guy. Um, Arenado at five. I have. I think I had Arenado at five. You had him a little bit lower, I believe, Mike. I had um, yeah, I had Lindor at five. I think I had uh, Arenado at seven. Yeah. So <laughs> I said it last week with Arenado. I mean. It's. I mean, he, he's a top. He's a top guy, but a lot of people seem to have been dropping him preseason. They were going after names like Jose Ramirez, um, and Trey Turner, other types of names. But Arenado, really, he's just the safest floor out of all these guys. And his past two weeks, his past month, he's had an unbelievable month of May. Um, it's just showing the type of player that he is, and he's really worth a top five pick for sure. Um, I have no problem with Arenado at five. And the other name that I'm obviously really liking that top 12 is Trevor Story at 11. Um, he was my number 11. You told me that him – this was before your recent, oh, my God, I forgot how much I love him streak has happened. But, hey, I've loved him since preseason. You did. I did. A, he was more of like a top 20 guy, second – late second type of guy. But, I mean, this guy going to late first, I, I really have no problems with it. He's a 30-30 guy. The power is still there. I mean, it's showing that last year was no fluke at all. He's still running. Um, and his average, he, he's he's boosted his average about like 20, 30 points in the past couple of weeks here. Um, so he's he can easily be 275, 280 hitter at least. So I, I know that was your concern with him. You thought he was going to be more of like a 250, 260 type of guy. Yeah, I mean, I just when we did our rankings, I don't know if it would change now, but I had him higher than you. You so did. That shows, that shows you how much I've come around on him. So yeah, I'm okay with showing how much everybody's come around him, and I'm loving it. But I know, I know. Sorry, George. I know, I'll let you uh, get in here a little bit on this, but nothing really. Sta- I mean, just a real quick. I don't want to touch on every single player. Otherwise, this top 100 out of, out of all these will take like three hours. So I'm pretty much just going to say that, and unless you guys want to disagree, but. All these players from from five through twelve, put them in a hat, take, pick out a name, and they can go as anywhere between five and twelve, and you're not wrong. Bregman yeah. at twelve is a little bit surprising, but other than that, and even that, I'm like, uh, I can argue, I can find an argument for every one of these players ahead of him. So, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there, and I think um, J D Martinez at thirteen, I, I think I'd put him uh, ahead of Bregman. Ooh, uh, um, I wouldn't do that personally, yeah. but. I still think J.D. Martinez, I, I still think he's one of the best hitters, um, especially with, you know, Bregman hasn't ran as, as much as I, I thought he would. Um, so I think, I think uh, I'd still put J.D. Martinez ahead of him. I have no problem with Trevor Story being, uh, going in the first round. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I think I agree as far as uh, Lindor and Acuna. I think I just flipped those. I think I'd rather have Lindor uh, at six and then Acuna at seven. Um, and uh, yeah, no, other than that, in that top 12, like you said, you, after after that, you know, after the fifth guy there with Arenado, you could just pretty much put all these names in a hat. Now, <sighs> I'm ready to admit that I was wrong on Mondesi. Not because, not because I, 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 still, I still don't understand it. He really truly is an anomaly. His speed is so elite, it covers up huge holes in his game. His plate approach is so not, like, at all friendly to baseball, fantasy baseball, or anything. And he's still succeeding, doing very well. And I just – 10? Really? We're, that's where we're Way at? Too Way too high. Is it, though? I think remember, – th- Remember, these are Roto Leagues. So, his speed – and right now, speed is just not there on a consistent basis for majority of people. I think that's – this should be a ceiling pick. I still like Turner over him. I like Story over him, Bregman. And after that, I want to say Baez, but Baez isn't running as much as like as last year. Right. And they're they're similar players, Baez having more power, but uh, can, I can't believe it. I think he might be a fringe for strong guy for me now. Not because I like him there, not because I don't even believe in the in the skill set. It's just that's how much steals are a need. And that's how and that's how valuable they've become. It just brings up a good debate, though, because this top 12, there's, there's five legitimate elite shortstop options in the top 12. <laughs> and you could really just – you could go any way on this. Um, I, I, I'm just looking at these. I mean, so you got Lindor, you got Turner, Mondesi, Story, Bregman, and then you got Baez um, as top 15 guy. I mean, all Six. these are elite options. It's really it's it's preference based. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, but I don't think I would take Mondesi over any of those guys. I'm I'm with you because we'll get to him a little. There's another guy that if I'm picking late in the first round, I might reach on a guy that we'll, we're going to cover here shortly in the early second round because yeah, the speed isn't Mondesi speed, but I like him better than Mondesi if it makes sense. Which is which is Whit Merrifield. I really like him. He's going shortly after him. I like him more than Mondesi, but I totally understand. Like if I was ranking Mondesi, I think you have to rank him fringe first round or first round pick. It's just I still wouldn't feel comfortable. Like I would rank him there because I think that's where he'll end up being because, again, the speed alone, stolen bases alone with just enough power to put him at that 15 to 20, even 25 power, 25 home run range because of the juice ball. He will – give you that I just never feel comfortable taking them because man that profile there's gonna be it's hard to sustain the success of that profile he has yeah and it's a good point you bring up about Merrifield I mean Merrifield um 30 plus steel upside um and uh, sorry go ahead I was gonna say he lacks the 50 plus steel upside that Mondesi has and that's why Mondesi is where going where Mondesi and Trey Turner are pretty much being looked at and viewed as the same type of player. And at this point... Yeah, they are. But Merrifield, he's going to get you other things that Mondesi and Turner aren't. Merrifield's going to hit for a higher average. He's going to get on base more. Um, so it's there's a trade-off between those types of guys. And Trevor Story, I'm going to go back to my love for Trevor Story. Trevor Story is going to steal you 30 bags. Okay? Or, close, or close to it. Mid, okay. mid, to, mid to high 20s at least, I would say. But yeah, regardless. I'm, I'm, round, I'm rounding up. Okay, hey, I don't want you to <laughs> figure, give a figure Trevor Story is going to steal you 30 bags. He's also going to hit you at least 30 home runs. He's probably going to give you 280 average. He's going to knock in 100, 100 runs. Those are not numbers that I don't see Mondesi doing. Mondesi will get you the 50-plus steals. But Trevor Story, I'll take Trevor Story's 30, and I'll take his 40 home runs, 30, 40 home runs, and all of his other stats. I, I would definitely take Trevor Story in those numbers over Mondesi, who's still not proven. He's He's had a good – good month two months here but about a year almost i think it's almost a year's worth of play appearances now if you include last year or close to it so he's been looking good so what does a full season's numbers look like for Mondesi? if you're going back last year do you have that in front of you no sorry putting you on the spot including last year's numbers um when he came up um he's he's at 
He's at uh, 53 steals, 20 home runs. That's beautiful. That's Trey Turner. Yeah, it does. And that's in about 540 plate appearances. That's great. And you know him being top three hitter, he's going to get closer to 600-plus plate appearances. Right. Very comparable between So you're looking at 20-plus home runs and 50-plus steals. In a Roto League, in a points league, he's not a first-rounder for me. In a Roto League, he's there. And I don't agree. I agree with you. I think Story should be ahead of him. I still like Bregman ahead of him. And Baez. (laughs) And that could be about it. And Baez, I'm not even sold on being ahead of him. Because the – they, they, they're so similar in play approach. I'll take the steals. I'll put, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but Mondesi over Baez. I don't like either one of them, so that's why it's like I have to – and they're both in my top 15, so it doesn't matter. I, I, I hate myself. But regardless, um, we can move on. We're, we, can, we can harp on these all night. <laughs> it's just so, such, a deep, it's such a deep position. Though. Well, yeah, shortstop is so deep. You're right, because that's six, six out of the top 15 players are in, on our shortstop. So that can be the difference, too, because – if you, I mean, it's tough. It really is. And shortstop is so deep. You'll see as we go on, there's quite a few shortstops in every, pretty much every tier of this draft of the ADP, I mean. So just a quick recap, uh, one through 12, Trout, Yelich, Bellinger, Betts, Arenado, Acuna, Lindor, Verlander, Turner, Trey Turner, that is, uh, Mondesi, Trevor Story, and Alex Bregman. That rounds out your first, uh, your top 12. Um, going into 13 through 24, it gets interesting. Some familiar names. Actually, they're pretty much all – they've all been there from the preseason except for maybe one or two. You have a lot, a, of, a lot of first-round castaways here that just yeah. dropped from poor starts. J.D. Martinez, Max Scherzer, Javi Baez, Chris Sale, DeGrom, Freeman, Garrett Cole, Whit Merrifield, Blake Snell, Gary Sanchez, Chris Bryant, and Jose Ramirez. I still don't even like. I don't even like Jose Ramirez at 24. To be honest, like I'm just looking at the top 20. Like, and these, like you said, they're all first, first, first round castaways. Essentially, these guys, but these guys are like they're still like none of them have really fallen off except for like I'm not a huge fan of Jose, but Sanchez is a huge jumper jump up in ADP. It might be affected by the fact that I believe these are two catcher leagues as well, so that might that might skew him as like his ADP when you look at it. But regardless, he's been really good and i kind of get it catcher has been really bad this year and he's been that elite and he's he's being that much of a difference maker at the position taking him at 22 overall i get it i really do understand it i don't know if i would do it but i totally understand it it's not crazy to me but other than him anything really stand out like you said most of this is just first round castaways or people like hobby Baez and Whit Merrifield that kind of just sustain their adp from the preseason a little bit of growth in it, but nothing, nothing, anyone, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was just taking a look at um, the preseason ADP for Gary Sanchez, uh, about 50, mm-hmm. 53. Yeah, 53. And then, uh, yeah, making that jump here into this second round of these uh, second chance leagues. Um, yeah, it just goes to show you how valuable a good uh, elite catcher is. And you have to remember, these are 15-team leagues in this specific format. So you have him going mid-second. Or early, yeah, mid-second. Not even late-second in these leagues. But, so, Jose Ramirez. Like, obviously, we're going to – I guess we can move on. There's not, nothing nothing we really disagree with in this round, it sounds like. No, no, kind I don't think so. No. Kind so of all, I'd, around, I'd really be happy with any of these players as well. Well, I was about to ask. So, right before we leave it – We'll jump into the, the right um, the friend the starting you know the twenty fifth twenty sixth overall player twenty seventh overall player, Jose Ramirez at twenty four, Gallo at twenty five, Paul Goldschmidt twenty six, Bryce Harper twenty seven. I don't know if I want Ramirez over any of those guys. <laughs> I I think I think I still would because of his speed upside, but strictly because of his speed upside. Take away his speed. Yeah. And even his his steals have slowed down of late. Um, you know, Ramirez just I, I know he's had some uh, extra base hits. You know, he's hit a few doubles this last week. But uh yeah, I don't know. He still just looks lost. I mean, it seems like every other at bat is like a pop up. Um 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Ramirez and, and uh, when he's going to turn this around. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll, I'm not too sure about taking him there in the, in the back end of the second round in these second chance leagues. Ramirez, he hasn't hit a home run since May 14th and he has two, two home runs in the month of May on the 8th and the 14th. How many steals this month? Let's see. He's got, uh, he had two on the 28th and then uh, one on the 18th, 17th, <laughs> so, he's 11th. Been... so he's got five steals in the month of May. Two, two home runs and five steals. It was like five home runs and five steals. I actually really like it. Right. But he, I think he's being drafted appropriately. Some of his advanced stats suggest there's better things ahead. Uh, nothing spectacular. I mean, he's hitting 200 or just above, just a tick over 200. His expected batting average is 250. His expected slugging is 414. It's it's still not looking great. His the crazy part is his walk rates and K rates are still really good. His hard hit percentage is it's the lowest it's been since 2016 though. And and that, this is with everybody you know. This is with everybody increasing hard hit percentage. So I don't know, man. Maybe pitchers. Maybe it took a while, but pitchers figured him out. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the peripherals right now, and, I mean, it pretty much looks the same as last season. Except for the hard hit – except for the pull rate and hard hit rate, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's – That would be my guess. I haven't really looked into it. I agree with you, though. I'm I'm sick of talking about Jose Ramirez this season. (laughs) (laughs) It's just – it's like, okay, right now, Jose Ramirez – let's look at some guys. He plays third base, right? That's where he's eligible. Yeah, Anthony uh, Jose Ramirez, Chris Bryant. We know Chris. I think we all agree Chris Bryant over him. ADP says that much. Do you guys like Rendon or Ramirez? I mean, at this point, I I trust Anthony Rendon more right now. I think he's safer. You you have the the batting average, the power. You're gonna have the counting stats. That's the thing. It's um. I think it's tough, and I think in a roto league, I still lean Ramirez because I need the steals a lot more. But, and, and that's if I really need the steals. Most leagues, I feel like I can get by with some guys later on or off the wire. Sometimes, Rendon checks every box better for me, other than <laughs> other than steals. Yeah. So it's like, how much am I willing to sacrifice for steals? Is is where I'm getting kind of stuck. In a vacuum, which is what ADP typically is, is in a vacuum, I think Rendon should be above Ramirez. And, but we're talking five spots. So in, in any given draft, that could happen. Yeah, I think for me, Ramirez, I put him down to – we have uh, Guerrero Jr. We have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at, at uh, 33 ADP. Mm-hmm. I think I'll put him right above. I'll take Ramirez over Vlad. Um, but I think that's probably where I would put him. Yeah, I think I think it's I think that's pre- I think I'm on board with that. I think I said I think too many times. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, Ramirez, we have Gallo, Goldschmidt, Harper, Rendon, Rizzo, Vlad. So I would I would slot Ramirez in right there between Rizzo and Vlad, personally. Yeah, I think that's a good range. Um, but like you like you guys said, I mean it's just a name that I'm really not interested at this point. There's other names around him that I just, I would prefer more. I'd rather have Chris Bryant. I'd rather have Joey Gallo. I'd rather have Rendon, uh, well, Rizzo. Gallo just had an oblique injury, and I don't know the severity if it's been said yet, but that puts a really big damper on what, what, what appear to be like the big breakout season we've all waited for from him. So the ADP, doesn't, does. the ADP doesn't show that, obviously. But prior to the injury... I still think Gallo is going too high. I'm, I maybe I'm a little. I think the breakout is for real. Um, I mean, it's a question of uh, would you rather have the uh, the plus home run statistical category on your side, or would you rather have the plus speed um, in Ramirez? But see, I'd rather have you know how we were talking about, and I'm pretty much the same similar thought process as George putting Ramirez down uh, between, you know, sandwich between Rizzo and Vlad, I would have Gallo behind that. I yeah. like Gallo. I would put Gallo 
spring. Well, now see, now it's easy to say that, but I, the, even before the injury, I think it would have been a, a Gallo or Springer conversation for me. And the only reason why Springer wouldn't be ahead of him would be because of the injury. Yeah, Springer without the if in, without the injury, Springer ahead of him. I'd rather have Hoskins over him. That's because I, I think right there I'm looking at value. I think Gallo was having. I think the breakout was happening. But I think I like the value of where I can get Hoskins later and stuff like that. Just looking at this ADP, so yeah, there's some good good mid round value. Would you, rather, would you rather have again? This is before the. Like, it's really pointless to talk about Gallo now. The injury changes everything. But yeah, I still does. I don't I don't see how Gallo was ahead of Goldschmidt or Harper. To be honest, regardless. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't take either of those or, guys. And one of the names that I was actually gonna point out was Harper. So Harper, 31. He dropped down 14 spots from preseason. Um, I, I, I love Harper in that spot. Harper's been coming on strong. He's hit about 435 this past week. Um, past month, he's about 275. He's really starting to heat up a little bit. Um, obviously, the slow start was really concerning, but he's kind of figuring it out right now. It, it could, could be a good buy low time for Bryce Harper. I would definitely be in on that. Um, I think that's great value for Harper at 31. Harper, right Harper or Goldschmidt? They're back-to-back in ADP in these second-chance leagues. Which one do you like? I'm taking Harper. I'm, I'm with you. Goldschmidt has – like his average is up to like 275, so he's back to hitting – he's being he's going to be Goldschmidt, but I think when you take away those those steals that Goldschmidt was getting in the past years, I, yeah. want the, I, want, I want to take the ceiling between the two. I know Harper's. Fly, I know it's not happening anymore. No, and I know, and I, and I still know. Take the steals away from. Take the steals away. Harper still has the lower floor, but I like that ceiling. I like what I can get from Harper, so I would take Harper over Goldschmidt. Harper or Ramirez. Harper. What about you, George? Yeah, I think. Um, I think I'll take Harper. Harper and Goldschmidt is kind of hard for me, actually. I think. The fact that they're back to back is appropriate. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, e- even with Harper's recent recent surge, I mean, he's still that strikeout rate. You know, it's. I just think that Goldschmidt can carry like can can carry your team like the rest of the season, and and I could I trust his like, I trust that he's going to be a good hitter like his his as far as like his average um i think he'll i think he'll warm up i think goldschmidt's last month and his lack of power is concerning he's hit most of his home runs at miller park i feel like yeah <laughs> he's got three home runs the past month two of them have been this past week that could be signs of things to come but regardless i think that i think where their where their average draft position in these most recent drafts are i think it's appropriate i think they belong to be there i think they belong there i just think they're really good comps and for me it's high floor versus high ceiling and i'm the risk adverse one i'm the one who doesn't usually like taking risks but this is where i would make take that risk if i had to pick between the two because this is the point where i already have my first like a solid first rounder i might even have a second pick because this is roughly where you get your third round pick in a 12 team league and this is perfect where it's like well i can get harper or goldschmidt in the third round like I can pad the floor or I can take the high ceiling. I think I'm going to take the chance with the high ceiling because knowing me, I'm going to have a high floor already in place by my third round pick. And another thing so. to touch upon there, um, both great options there, but I would prefer to take Harper in that spot. And we're going to touch upon it shortly, but there is a ton of first base value, mid-round value here. We're yeah. going to touch upon some of these names, but guys like Rizzo, Josh Bell, who's having a breakout, Reese Hoskins, the one and only Pete, Pete Alonzo, who I still think is a little too low on this ADP list at 67. We'll, we'll get there. Jumping ahead. but Will with, we get there? Will we? We talked forever. Mean, we, could just, we could just get there right now then. Because a lot no. of these guys that we're talking about are coming up. Rizzo and Bell are right, 32 yeah. and 33. So we might as well touch upon it. But Goldschmidt, I mean, yeah, he's great at 30. But if you can get a guy like Harper at 30 – 30 ADP range and then wait a round or two and grab a guy like Hoskins or Alonzo. I I mean, I I would take that every time. Well, since we've already, again, we've already kind of moved on from the top 24, but we'll review 25 through 36. I can't do math. Um, (laughs) 
So 24 was Jose Ramirez, like we said. So jumping into what would be a third round, the third round in a total team league, Gallo, Goldschmidt, Harper, Rendon, which we touched on in that order. Uh, 29, Rizzo, 30, Vlad, 31, Josh Bell, 32, Blackman, 33, Trevor Bauer, 34, George Springer, 35, JT Romuto, and 36, Walker Bueller. Again, Romuto, I think he's being pushed up because it's a two-catcher league. So there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of an asterisk asterisk with them. But the rest of them, man, this is where you're starting to see, like, recency bias kick in. Josh Bell, and you know I love me some Josh Bell. I don't know if I could take him this high. <laughs> He's been nothing short of elite to start the year. But, man, I'm uh, – is it really like, – is that really his price right now? Is he really going five picks after Bryce Harper? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> So oh. his, his ADP now is 33. 31. Oh, 33. Pre, preseason, you're looking at an ADP of 256. This is by far the biggest jump we've seen. That's that's insane. <laughs> it's and, an amazing, amazing start. But is it sustainable? I mean, who knows? Uh, he's clearly made some mechanical adjustments. It's looking good. He's really – he's hitting for more power. Um, but – I don't know, man. There's some other really good names right there that have safer floors. Um, With track record. Yeah. And even a guy like Vlad, who's going right around that range. Vlad's going going ahead of him. I, I don't like – I don't think – I don't know if I would take Vlad over Bell. I'm low on Vlad. Vlad has not impressed at all. I wasn't – I'm not anti-Vlad. I was anti-Vlad for this year. Right. Yeah. And his ADP, his, his ADP has gone up because now he's been called up. He's had a couple hot stuff. He's had a couple hot games, and but he's not what we've seen him to be in the minors yet. He just hasn't been there yet. I expect yeah. him to get there. I think he's going to be great. I just think that he's doing what rookies do. He's struggling a little bit, getting used to major league pitching. I mean, I just don't. I don't understand. I, again, Blackman and Springer might be more of a, of a product. Well, Blackman wasn't hurt. I would take Blackman over Vlad and Bell right now. Yeah, I agree. I think what we're seeing here is just like a perfect sell-high opportunity for Bell. If he's go- going ahead of – if, you know, these ADPs are showing how these players are being valued at this point of the season, you know, how people believe, you know, they're going to perform the rest of the season because this is where they're taking them, then, yeah, maybe right now is a, just a great sell-high opportunity for Josh Bell. Heck, I I mean Springer. I think it's I think I don't think you could buy Springer right now, <laughs> but like you could obviously. But I, I think this is obviously this is before the injury too, or was it right when he started getting hurt? I don't remember. I know he's been dealing with like, dealt with one thing, came back, got hurt again. Right. Yeah. So first the back and then the knee issue. It's been about like a week or so. How long? Do you know how long he's supposed to be out off the top of your head? I really haven't looked. I don't think they gave like a definitive timetable. I mean, I think you're looking at four to six weeks minimum. Um, yeah. And then a re- reevaluate him. Yeah. So Bell over, I would take Bell over Springer the rest of the way, obviously because of that, but yeah, I mean, Springer, Springer definitely drops down with the injury. Um, who else would we be talking about before with the injury? Blackman. Blackman, yeah. he should be back. He's out, but I still rather uh, Joey Gallo. That's the other injury, the oblique. Yeah, injury. That's that's definitely a concerning one. The oblique is something you don't want to mess with for hitters. And it's it's kind of interesting because the pitch people as bad as pitching has been, and in particular Bauer's been kind of rough. Bueller's been kind of bad. To see those guys not really be affected in the ADP after a half a season is really interesting. The pitching landscape as a whole, pitchers have been pushed down. But there hasn't been really any new names pushed up. Not yet, anyway. I'm sure we'll right. get there. There's some good yeah. names that have been pushed up, but not this high. I think well, we still need to see more for these guys to be pushed up this high. I'm, I'm almost positive. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm almost positive we had a lot more pitchers going by the end of the second round than we do right now. Or by the or like we had guys like we had like I'm pretty sure Nola, um, Snell. A lot of, I mean, Snell's still going pretty high, but we had a lot of these guys going late second, early third, mid third. A lot of these guys are now barely making it like yeah. into the third rounds. It's like hitters hitters are being boosted up. Pitching is falling down, which is weird because with how bad pitching has been, I'm surprised I don't see more pitchers earlier. 
Yeah, once you get to like number 10 for pitchers, it's just kind of a free-for-all. A lot of guys kind of fell. And then there's some guys rising. You got, like you said, Nola, uh, Kershaw's in there. Corbin kind of rose up a little bit. Luis Castillo was a big riser. Um, yeah, and the guys like Syndergaard just kind of fell off the map in these ADP updated rankings here. Yeah. So regardless, like I said, Vlad and Bell, I think those are two guys that I'm not buying at that ADP. Like that would be paying for their ceilings. And as much as I love Bell and I think he's legit and everyone knows I love Bell, I think it's premature to put him above. Like I don't want to put him above Hoskins yet. I'm not ready to do that. And that, that kind of brings us into the next uh, 12. Bueller was at 36. Hoskins is at 37. And Hoskins, like I said, Hoskins is the first is the next first baseman off the board. And I'd rather have Hoskins over Vlad and Josh Bell. I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that way, feels that way, but that's right. Yeah. I'd rather have Hoskins over both those guys. Yeah. Much yeah, I'll take I'd take him over Vlad. Yeah, I'd take him over Vlad right now. Um and that's saying that's what I'm saying right now, rest of the season, but next year. Right. I, I'm just I just need I mean Vlad might get hot for a month and a half to end of the year and that wouldn't surprise me or he could start tomorrow. But I'm just not ready to pay the price for Vlad. I just think he hasn't really proven it yet. Outside of a couple games here and there. Regardless, uh we can move on. Uh thirty six, like I said, was it Walker Bueller, thirty seven Hoskins, um thirty eight. Contreras, Wilson Contreras, 39, Steven Strasburg, 40, Nola, 41, Patrick, uh, Patrick, what? Oh, sorry. 41, Starling Marte, 42, Patrick Corbin, 43, Kershaw. So this is where you see your pitcher run happening. 44, Jose Altuve, 45, Manny Machado, 46, Carlos Correa, 47, Juan Soto, and 48, Michael Brantley. That's the next 12 off the board. Um. I, this is this was a couple weeks ago, so that was before Cray's injury. That was before Altuve setback. These guys would obviously be lower right now, but regardless, to see how low they were before, still intriguing. I, I would have had Cray a lot higher. I'd rather before this injury, I would have had Cray ahead of Bell and Guerrero prior to the injury. Yeah, what's surprising to me in this uh, section here is uh, Walker Bueller. You know, still well, getting taken ahead of uh, Nola. Um, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. I'm just, I'm not too sure Bueller has done that well this season. I don't Maybe. think, yeah, he hasn't been that great. He's been, uh, he's been up and down, man. It's been real. I don't have a lot of Bueller. I actually only have one share. I was, he was one of those guys I was kind of fading because of lack of track record. Lack of track record. I mean, I'm looking, I just pull up his page real quick, obviously, because that's what I do. And he's almost performing up to where he should be. I mean, ERA of 4.03. His FIP is really low at 3.38, but his XFIP is 3.81, and Sierra is 3.9, some 9.3. So he's pretty much pitching. Other than FIP, everything seems to be in line. His strand rate is low. It's even below league average, so there's improvement there. His K per nine is down from last year. His walks per nine are down, which is nice. But, again, he's just hit or miss. His home run to fly ball rate is pretty much in line last year, half percentage point up. But – He's been hit or miss. It's, I, I think people are just banking on upside with him and kind of his pedigree. Yeah. So, I mean, I want I, I, right now I'd rather have Strasburg and Nola. Yeah, yeah. Nola. And I think for me, seeing where Nola has fallen here, I, I mean, I think I'd rather have Nola over all these guys still at this point um, in this range. So, you know. No, Nola or Bauer? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm with you. I was a Bauer guy. At one point, I had Bauer above sale. Yeah. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Yeah, I mean, after the first few weeks, that's what it looked like. You know, Bauer, that it looked like Bauer was, you know, maybe that number three or four starting pitcher. Um, and now, you know, over this last month, it's just, I'm not sure what's going on with his control. It's just been all over the place. Um, it seems like the White Sox have kind of been his kryptonite, especially uh, Moncada. Man, Moncada has been, has owned him. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, that's I tough. Think, I, I think, think I still lean Bauer personally. Yeah, I, I think I'd still take Bauer. Um, but just the, the fact that we're seeing Nola down here taking in these drafts uh, as the fortieth player, I think um, that that shows that you know there's a probably a good buy low opportunity for with Nola. He, I think I'd rather have him over over these guys in this range. 
he's somebody I'm just looking at, and his walk rate is up from 2.46 to 3.9. The guy has like a career 2.6 walks per nine. So right now he's uncharacter. He's really walking people like uncharacteristically, like high, and his but his K rate's actually up almost a full K per nine. His strand rate is still eighty percent. Home run, his home run to fly ball rate. He's he's giving up home runs at an alarming rate, twenty point four percent. That's double last year basically. So that's a big reason why he's struggling. He's giving up too many. He's walking too many people and he's giving up giving up the long ball. Maybe he's just not locating as well as he was last year. I don't yeah. know what the deal is, but yeah, he's oh. always been a guy who kind of relied a little more on called strikes versus swinging strikes. So um, it, it does seem it does look like he's actually been pitching a little bit more outside the zone. So that could um, that could explain explain the strikeouts and the walks both being up. Forty four point seven percent zone percentage last season. Now this season thirty nine point eight, which is a career low. Yeah, it's it's definitely I, – I think better days are ahead of him. I don't think he just lost what he was. So, yeah, I, I like the value of where he's going. He's earned it, but I like the value. But another guy who's – he's just showing that he's not done is Strasburg, man. I wrote him off. I thought he was washed. And I, I'm, I, I think we're all just waiting for the injury that's not coming at this point. Right, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I, I didn't think he was washed because I, I still think like he – was still pretty strong last year, but um, you know when he wasn't hurt. The thing is, the the guy's just you know, any start it could could be you know an IL stint. Uh, <laughs> it could be his you know, last, yeah. Know. Right, you just never it's know. Coming. That injury's coming, guys. Is it though? I mean, as soon well, I guess as soon as you buy in, <laughs> but everything's everything's lining up, man. Sierra's low low threes. Fip, next Fipper in the twos. His ERA is three point one nine. Nothing seems unrealistic i think it's real i think what he's doing is real the only reason what, what why i'm hesitant to take him ahead of where like right now he's going he was going in these drafts ahead of nola ahead of patrick corbin the upside he has the higher ceiling but man we know the injury comes or he tries to pitch through it and then then, it, then he takes the il you just know the floor and it's that's tough strasburg i i i I don't know if I'm ready to say over Nola, but I don't know. You almost have to with how well he's pitching. Another name in that mix. I mean, that's it's a good grouping of pitchers right there between Strasburg, Nola. But the next two names on the list are, are interesting as well. You got Patrick Corbin and Clayton Kershaw, who's a name that I'm intrigued by. A lot of people were kind of just writing him off preseason with the injury and everything, but he's actually been very solid so far. He's given you his his seven innings. Uh, he's giving you quality starts. Um, last month, four wins last month. Um, mid three ERA. Uh, so far, he's got a low low three ERA for the whole season. Five wins, eight quality starts, a whip around one. I mean, he's still he's he's not vintage Kershaw, but he's still a very productive Kershaw. And it makes me wonder, like, would you rather have a guy like? Aaron Nola or Clayton Kershaw right now? Because they're right, they're, they're ADP, they're right around each other. I think right now I'd probably take Kershaw over Nola. I think, you, I think I'm with you, and I'm not happy to say that. I'm just looking at it. Everything lines up. He's, all, you know what he's, he's transitioned almost into like a mad bum, but in a good way. Like he's, his K rate is below a, K per, a 1K per inning. He's at 8.39K percentage, but his walks are, you know, down – he, his strand rate is right where it should be. His all his FIP, XFIP, Sierra, all that stuff lines up. He's yeah. The only thing that really is down, like you said, his K rate is down a little bit. But you know what? He's still being productive. Um, he's learned how to. He, he, his velo has dropped a little bit as he gets older. But you know what? He's still finding a way to get the outs, and he's going seven strong innings. I mean, I I take that every time. It's a much more consistent pitcher than a guy like Nola, who's really been all over the place early on. And Corbin too. Corbin's been pretty good, but he had a, a horrible start. Um, I think it was I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday. Just the other day, yeah, I, I remember. And like you said, I'm waiting for Strasburg. I'm waiting for the injury to come or the blow up for him. So I think out of all those guys, I mean, Kershaw obviously he's he's got his own injury history to worry about. But it seems like the Dodgers they played safe with him. If he does happen to 
if something flares up, they're not afraid to put him on the IL. Where these other teams, you know what, maybe they're just going to try and skip a start or two and wait out an IL stint. But the Dodgers, you don't have to worry about that with him. Um, I think Kershaw is the most consistent one out of that group. And I, I would definitely take Kershaw over Nola, Corbin. Strasburg, uh, I really think I might consider that as well just because I think there's a lot of question marks around Strasburg and his injury history as well, even though he's looked good so far. I think I would take Bauer ahead of Kershaw still. Maybe I'm still believing in Bauer a little too much. But I think it would be Bauer, Kershaw, Nola, Strasburg. Or Strasburg, sorry. Bauer, Kershaw, Strasburg, Nola right now. The more I think about it, I really like Nola, but I need to see it more. He hasn't been showing it. I think it's still there, but I think that just speaks to how well these other guys are doing around him. I'm not down on Nola as much as I'm high, uh, back up on Strasburg and Kershaw. Yeah, what Kershaw's doing, it, you know. He's aging every, everything, Right, yeah. <laughs> everything lines up. Everything looks legit um, now. Yeah, his strikeouts are the lowest since his rookie season, but, I mean, you're going to take that if he's going to give you consistent, you know, consistent production, 3.2 ERA, five and zero record so far, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have him than Walker Bueller. Yeah. See Bueller. I would I'd rather have all these guys we just talked about over Walker Bueller going 10 picks ahead of him. Definitely. So I like Bauer, I like Bauer just on Bauer one more second. Uh, I, I, I would agree with you. I'd probably still take Bauer over Kershaw. I really like Bauer's upside. He's had a few blow-up games, but overall, I mean, he's still, especially his last two outings, very good outings. Um, it's just, it, it's a little concerning how some of these blow-up games have been against really poor teams, like the Orioles, White Sox, Marlins, like games that you would expect him to dominate. I mean, he still won that Marlins game, but um, you would have yeah. expected maybe a little bit better numbers there. But overall, I mean, he's really, he's not, He's not doing that bad. He's had a few blow-up games that are kind of standing out and inflating some of those numbers a little bit. But overall, it's still been a, a fairly productive season, I think, for Bauer. I mean, a 3-8-7 ERA, it's really not that bad with some of those huge blow-up games. No, definitely. And the way way things are going, we're going to be doing this all night. So what I think we're going to transition to is kind of like – we're just going to roll through them, and you guys, let's just pick out names that stand out in the top 100. We'll talk about where they're at and all that, but and guys around them. But we can't go through the top 100 because we're going to take forever. So, yeah, uh, we're going to transition into that. So, so, for me, the next guy that stands out is Manny Machado at 45. And I know I didn't take a huge jump from 43 at Kershaw to 45 Manny Machado, but it's because I think Machado's – I'm not sure if Machado's too high for me or what it is. I just – I don't know, man. I am legitimately concerned about Machado. I think I'd rather have players going way lower than him. Like, I'd rather have – dare I say Peter Alonzo? <laughs> I'd rather have Peter Alonzo at 67 – going at 67.13 on average. I think I'd rather have him. I'd rather have Bogarts. I'd rather have – Tim Anderson over Machado. So I think so. The next third baseman <laughs> in ADP is down at the 61st player, Yoan Moncada. Would you rather have Yoan Moncada? I don't know if I am I really that low on Machado. Am I like is I think his name just holds on hope. But for instance, I like Matt Chapman. I took a bet that Matt Chapman that Matt Chapman um would have more home runs. I took a separate bet, two separate bets from a from a, from a buddy of mine. Matt Chapman would have more home runs than Manny Machado, and Matt Chapman would have more RBIs than Manny Machado. Each of them separate bets for undisclosed amount of money. And uh, I don't feel wrong. I don't know what's going on, what's going on with Machado. I, I, don't, I, I mean, his walk rate's up from last year. His K rate is up huge, 6%. Maybe there's a big second half in, the, in him that I don't know about. I just – I don't know, man. I'd rather – the crazy part is is I like Chapman so much. Chapman is at like 118 ADP, and I don't understand why Chapman and Machado are so far apart. For me, there's no reason they should be that far apart. Yeah, it's a little too far. Chapman is a great steal that low. 
he was doing it was like a similar ADP in the preseason. It couldn't have been much much higher or much lower. And I don't understand. I don't understand why. I don't understand why Chapman is so much lower than Machado. He's literally putting up the same type of numbers minus the name and minus the. Uh, I think. I think he actually has more power. He has more numbers. But I think he has better numbers across the board, except for. Uh, except for. Uh, what's it called? Batting average. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's pretty close. I'm sure. Yeah, Machado. What Machado's doing? You look at his advanced stats. It's all lining up. Expected batting average is the same. Expected slugging is pretty much the same as his regular slugging. His hard hit rate is actually down from last year. His carry rate is, like I said, was up. Walk rate's up. He's barreling the ball at a decent percentage. But I don't know, man. I got nothing. Machado's just not Machado right now. Yeah. yeah. You're, paying, you're paying for that name. A name that I'll touch upon, you kind of just mentioned it. Um, the first base position is a rather interesting uh, debate. I would say overall preseason, I think it was a one was one of the weaker positions. I think um, you had Freeman and Goldschmidt and Rizzo kind of the top three, and then it was kind of a crapshoot after that. Uh, nobody really expected Bellinger to take off like that, but now it's a it's a very deep position. The top ten is 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 pretty loaded, but the name I'll touch upon, uh, Pete Alonso. You mentioned it at six, <laughs> at sixty seven. Shocker! I know you're going to talk about Pete Alonso. Who'd have thought? But just the reason I'm going to bring him up is because you got guys like Josh Bell, Bell, Hoskins, Alonzo. The question is how how different would you put them in ADP? So Bell is 33 right now, Hoskins 41, Pete Alonzo 67. Is Pete Alonzo really a two round difference than than Reese Hoskins? I don't see it. I, I think I think terrible players. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think what we see here is with these these drafts is we just see a big pitcher run in in these in between. Um, yeah, you, you have a ton of pitchers here uh, between the 40s and 50s before you get into the 60s where you see uh, Alonzo getting taken. But yeah, I, I do think that he's probably a lot closer. It's too low. In my <laughs> I agree. Obviously, I agree. I'm high on him, but he he should be right around that Reese Hoskins area. And is Josh Bell that much? I mean, obviously Bell has been having an amazing season, but is Bell really ten picks higher than Hoskins? I mean, they all should really be kind of grouped in the same area. I think ten. Oh, Hoskins, yeah. Um, I think that what separates Bell a little bit is the batting average upside. I think Bell has that 300 batting average upside. I don't think, and he's flashing the power. That I still don't think. The 10 picks, 10 picks is for me, 10 picks is nothing. I've learned one thing I have learned doing this, honestly. ADP is a, it's a tool, it's definitely not a rule. And that's why there's minimum and maximum picks. Uh, Bell, you can tell me he's going at 35, you can tell me he's going at 45, and you, I wouldn't tell you you're wrong because 10 picks really isn't that much of a 30 picks is a big deal. And there's no reason why Alonzo should be 30 picks away from these guys because I think he belongs in that conversation with them. I mean, his batting average is going to be lower, but the power is not debatable. He's going to – he's pacing out to be almost a 40-homer guy. Out of those three guys, he if, – if they all stay healthy, he's projected to hit more home runs than Bell and Hoskins right now. I think what, I think what keeps him lower than them for me, and it would be – like I said, and they – again, they should all be closer. I think Bell – I would have – I think like I said Hoskins, then Bell, then Alonzo personally – but I think it's the batting average difference because right now you're looking at Hoskins and Bell likely to hit 20 or 30 points higher in a batting average minimum at this point, the way things have looked, the way things are going. So a little bit less power, but the batting average, batting average is a lot harder to come by than power these days. So I think that would be the difference maker if I had to decide why I like those guys over Alonzo. But again, Alonzo would be higher, closer to them, which I agree with you, but I still wouldn't have them have him above them. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I would probably put Hoskins first out of that group, but oh man, if I had to choose between Alonzo and Bell, uh, uh, no, I, I couldn't do it. Well, guess what? <laughs> you you got you kind of have to. It's kind of what you do now. <laughs> well, some of the players going in between, uh, some of the position players, because like I said, there's just a ton of pitchers in these 50s and 60s. Um, so like you know, Glaber Torres at 52. Tim Anderson at 56, and Yohan Moncada at 61. I hate them all. 
I don't know right. why. Would you rather have Alonzo <laughs> over any any of these names? Personally, me at least, I don't know because at this point, the way I see it, it, it would depend on my team needs at this point, honestly, because at this point in the draft, there's a lot of guys here that depends on how it depends on really depends on how many, if I, if I drafted power heavy, if I got a Reese Hoskins in the third round, if I got, if I went pitching heavy, if I, it depends on how I formulated my teams, I might need those guys with the bigger, with the speed upside. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know it's about tough obviously to go off the ADP when your team structure is, is a really big thing. You're building out your team here. The problem um, is the problem is people really do live and die by ADP. People are afraid to kind of go outside the box and make and like kind of take their own rankings and live by them. I'm right. willing to. My thing is is I look at ADP and I try to exploit it. I look for value. And Josh Bell, as much as I love him, and I might have him ranked really high. There's no value in him at 31 or 33 overall, wherever he's going. There's no rank. There's no. Um, there's no value there. But you look at you go all the way down to. Um, Pete Alonso, when you compare him, the fact that we can, I, at least all the three of us can agree that he's in that same conversation. Mm-hmm. That's where you, that's your value. As much yeah. as I, as much as I don't like Alonso as them, as much as them, I'm more likely to draft Alonso because of where he's going. Tim Anderson, not a huge fan, and I think he's a little, I think he's a little overdrafted. But at the same time, he's providing you those steals and he's kind of getting, he's just providing you everything you need. He belongs to be going there. I'm sure, but then you go down. Austin Meadows at 80. Much rather have Austin Meadows. There's no reason Austin Meadows. I I, didn't, I was going to wait to this, but Austin Meadows should be in the 50s. Like, why is he all the way down at 80? I don't know. Yeah, it's really low. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Meadows' numbers right now. Um, you know, he's got uh, he's got 12 home runs, seven steals, 26 runs, 35 RBI, and that's with him missing three weeks with the sprained thumb. I mean, you know, he's hitting 355. If if he hadn't missed those three weeks, we'd be looking at 15, possibly, you know, 15 plus home runs and 10 plus steals. I'd rather have, I guess, told you. At well, this point? At this, and I was going to say, was this draft, ta- I don't know, was this draft taking place while he was hurt? That could have been possibly part of it too. No, no, I think he, he had back. back. Yeah, he was back by then. I'd rather have Meadows over Tim Anderson, like all things being equal. Anderson over the last two weeks. I mean, he's still doing his thing, though, man. Anderson hasn't really slowed down, which is crazy. Yeah, I think Meadows. Meadows, way too low. Absolutely. You see the you see the name above him, Austin Riley. Yeah, at seventy nine. I mean, yeah, I I think uh, eighty the eightieth player off the board in these second chance drafts is is way too low for Meadows. How many home runs did Austin Riley have at the time of this draft? Two. Uh, the hype was real. <laughs> yeah. Where's Hira? I know Hira. Hira's around here somewhere too. I can't find him right now, but I saw him and I thought he was too high too. Or at least maybe maybe I'm mistaken. I swear I saw Hira somewhere around here. Regardless, Hira is pretty irrelevant these days. He just got sent down, which none of us really thought was going to happen. But of course, the Brewers did the rock. They pulled the Rockies. They sent him down. Uh. Austin Riley, he's succeeding the way he's succeeding. I honestly am surprised at some of his uh, underlying metrics, but it is what it is. You kind of have to ride the wave, but where he's ranked is way too high, in my opinion, like 79th, I think it was. And then you have another rookie in Chavis who got off to a great start. It looks somewhat sustainable, but he's really dropped off. He's hitting barely 250 right now. He's rounding out the top 100. He's at, he was uh, 99th overall at ADP. One pick above Buxton. Buxton's your 100th overall guy. I really like what I'm seeing from Buxton. He's really coming around, and the power, the doubles are turning into home runs. He's silently being really good, a solid five-category producer for your teams. I would take Buxton over any of these rookies right now. But the, it's always how it is, man. Every every draft season doesn't matter if it's midseason, preseason rookies that they get that hype and they all fly up boards. And I don't know. I'm not, I, I'd be pretty risk adverse. There's a few guys outside the top 100 that I would. See take over the rookies to be honest Chapman Matt Chapman being one of them at 118 but yeah that's still that's still surprising that he's there at, at 118 I think he's I think he's closer to Machado than he is to that to where he's going but that's just my opinion regardless we've been we've been we've covered I think we covered pretty good top 100 and this podcast is running a little longer than we anticipated so we're gonna just like I, said, I think we I, I even said we're gonna cover the top 100 and see where it goes well 
<laughs> I think I think like it, we did pretty good. We talked we talked about a lot of different players. Uh, we discussed our opinions, and maybe another time we'll go into beyond the top 100. But we're gonna call it a wrap for tonight, guys. So we appreciate you listening as always. Continue to follow us on the FSGN on Twitter at Mike Mike underscore Perlin. George is at says 90 and Zach is at BrafZ. And, of course, you can follow the, uh, the podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well, as well at BasesLoadedPod. And we appreciate you guys listening as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.